Hey guys, I'm Court. And I'm Kate. And you're listening to Season 3, Episode 1 of The The Castle Castle Chat. Chat. Season 3, here we are! I, this is wild to me, honestly. I was already surprised that we did a whole Season 1, but now that we've completed a Season 2 and we're on to Season 3, I'm pumped. I'm so excited. 3 is my favorite number, so I just have a feeling this season is going to be top-notch. I 100% agree it's going to be top-notch. What are we talking about for episode one? Episode one, we are bringing you Disney Breakdown. This is our episode where we give you all of the latest Disney news from parks, TVs, movies, and the company as a whole. And we are super excited to share all the things that's been going on within the Disney company. So let's jump right in. And I love this episode. I feel like it's necessary just for myself to remind myself of all the crazy things that happen in the Disney bubble in such short spans of time. Like, yeah. we did this, what, two months ago? Mm-hmm. Almost, maybe two and a half months ago. And there's all we have so much stuff to talk about. All the time. There's always something happening. Like, every day there's always some piece of Disney news that we are discovering, seeing on Twitter or Instagram or even just the good old World Wide Web about Disney. Yeah, no, I mean, I try to stay in the know the best I can with various ways of getting Disney news, but I mean, it's almost too much to keep up with every single detail. Which is why we have this episode, so you can catch up on all the things that you need to know that are happening in Disney right now. Yeah, let's break it down. Where are we starting? Okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to start with parks, then we're going to go to movies, then we're going to go to the TV slash Disney Plus realm, and then we're going to end it, put a little bow on it, with just company news. So, we're going to start with the parks. Let's do it. Yeah! Okay, Festival of the Arts, which is a festival at Epcot, is underway. It's been going on for a couple weeks now. It is a really awesome festival where they really get to feature a lot of artists and um, their beautiful masterpieces that they come up with. They sell this art. They also have food and drinks and lots of different booths and things for you to check out. But this festival is a yearly festival at Epcot and has been underway and people are really enjoying it this year. Yeah, also known as farts. Farts. For those um, who want to just throw that out there. But we have farts. Yeah. Um, it's really unfortunate, but um, <laughs> the this festival, I think, is the youngest. Like, it's the newest of mm-hmm. the festivals that exist at Disney, and I think it's very popular. I think there are oh, lots yeah. of Disney people who s- call this their favorite festival of all the festivals i think it's the most fun like it has the most activities it's fun it's vibrant it's colorful um gives you a lot to like take in with your eyes between the stuff that they offer for the festival but also the art that's on display like you're talking about i've seen plenty of um, footage of the types of art that's out there there's so many different kinds i saw these crazy um, they're like console tables, like the table that you would put by your entryway when you walk mm-hmm. in. 
And it is literally like an entire sculpture of scenes from different classic animated movies with like a piece of glass on top. Oh my it gosh. It is absolutely wild. There, I saw a Lion King one, a Little Mermaid one, a Fantasia one. Like it's like a whole movie scene that's been sculpted and it has elements of the scene that act as arms to hold up the table part. <gasps> I'm sure they're selling for thousands and thousands of dollars. I don't know if anyone bought one, but I did see it. And it's, I mean, the type of art that they put out on display is truly like next level. It's not just like prints. It's real art. The artists are there. They sign the work if you buy it sometimes. Um, They do have the print options for you to buy Mm -hmm. that are cheaper. But um, one of my favorite things about the festival... um, are the like special activities that Disney does. They have a paint by numbers where you can go yes. and you can get paint and like it matches the pink color to a number and you fill in the, like a handful of squares and it makes this giant mural. And then they also have these very famous paintings. Uh, ones are like Scream or the Mona Lisa or different things like that. Um, and they take out the subject and you like can step into the picture and mm-hmm. like be a part of the photo. So they're really cool photo ops. There's scavenger hunts. And then there's beautiful food. The purpose of the food of this festival is to look like a piece of art. So it's very colorful. It's very pretty. Um, and Instagram worthy for (laughs) all the people going out to partake in this festival. Yeah, it definitely is um, a fun festival right in the middle of winter too. I feel like it takes seasonal depression and it like kicks it in the butt and it's like we're going to be vibrant and colorful in in the colder months and so even though you know we all know it doesn't get super cold in Florida but (laughs) um, I think it's just a fun festival for this kind of time of year. One of the things that they um, launched with the Festival of the Arts this year is a fun little figment popcorn bucket that has been causing Uh, lots of commotion in the Walt Disney World world. Yeah, this this truly is baffling (laughs) to me. (laughs) When I found, okay, so guys, you may have heard about this, but there are these popcorn buckets. Disney is known for their stylistic popcorn buckets that are in the shape of certain characters or certain things where literally it is a like plastic container that holds popcorn where it has a strap on it where you can carry it around and get it filled at different popcorn stations yada 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 for the festival of the arts they made a figment um character popcorn bucket that's like purple and a cute little even though i don't think figment's cute he he looks all right in this figment bucket um People stood in line for this bucket for seven hours. Seven hours. Yeah, I when I saw that, I was like, "No, you're joking. You're like, it's a no popcorn one bucket." Stood in line for a popcorn bucket. I remember last year with Festival of the Arts, or maybe it was Flower Garden. I can't quite remember, but there was an orange bird sipper. Yes, yes, and yes. there was a whole bunch of hoopla and commotion over that. But not even close to this figment popcorn I just, bucket. I'm not. I'm. I don't understand why there was that much commotion around this. But if people love their figment, which you guys know we don't love our figment, um, but people do. Clearly enough, people do because there was seven hours worth of waiting for one of those things. I don't even yeah. know how much they cost, but 
25, 27, something yeah. in the 20s. But just a quick refresher, Figment is a oh, character yes, from a classic Epcot ride called Journey into Imagination. There has been a handful of versions of this ride, but Figment has always been a part of it. He's this little dragon that is meant to be the figment of your imagination and so his name is figment he's a literal embodiment of what your imagination is supposed to look like um so it's a cute idea for you know what he represents and in terms of this being about arts and creativity he's a great mascot for it yeah um but to be going to wait in a line for seven hours for a piece of plastic that holds popcorn <laughs> um I-, I just prefer other types of souvenirs um, I don't and also know. a better use of your park ticket time. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, and I also saw videos of people who had like seven, of, like they bought seven of them. Oh yeah, because like, they want to sell them on eBay and they have those fun people. We love those people. Yeah, so um, yeah, that was definitely <laughs> a bit of news I was not expecting, but that it is news indeed. Yes, yes, but that is Festival of the Arts and we will move on from the figment bucket, but definitely check out the festival of the arts if you are in epcot in the next couple of weeks yeah it ends on february 21st so it's coming to a close pretty quickly it's the (laughs) shortest festival of all the festivals flower and garden will be next and it runs from march through july so you have plenty of time to do that one but festival of the arts only goes so yeah if you're there you gotta be there real soon to be able to enjoy that but if not there's always next year so all right typhoon lagoon which is one of the disney water parks Um, which has been closed for a long period of time due to some refurbishment as well as COVID, um, has now reopened as of January 2nd, which is super exciting because I feel like Typhoon Lagoon has just been closed for forever. Yeah, I, the last time I went to Typhoon Lagoon was 2014. I loved it. I had so much fun there. And um, with Blizzard Beach being open, you know, people have been, wanting to have the other version of the water parks open. Blizzard Beach is kind of meant to be like a ski slope, but all the snow is water because you're in Florida. <laughs> um, and then Typhoon, Typhoon Lagoon has more of a tropical um, theme to it, um, like a shipwreck kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, and what I've noticed with this reopening is they have some really good looking food options. I haven't had a look at that. Yeah, I think with their, like, the time they took away to refurb, they also updated some menus there, and they have some really unique food options that you're not going to find in the other regular theme parks um, that Disney has to offer. So uh, definitely worth checking out if you're into water parks and good food. Yeah, that sounds like so much fun. I don't think I've ever been to Typhoon Lagoon. I know I've been to Blizzard Beach, but I'm trying to remember if I ever actually did go to Typhoon. But I don't think I have. But now that it's open, I want to go. So who knows? Maybe. All right. Let's see what else we've got on the list here. Oh, this is this seems like a very minor change in the grand scheme of things. But I don't know. To me, it feels very large. So when you are driving on Disney property once you have reached disney property you know that you're on disney property because all the signs that you see all the traffic signs all the directionals they're all these like purple and like a teal 
it's like a purple and red i feel like it's like a, oh there's yeah the arrows are red yeah the purple and red signs it's very like iconic disney i feel like it's when you know that you're on property but recently um the signs have been slowly changing to these blue and yellow signs um i think they're just repurposing these signs and making them match the new blue archway that they've created when you kind of enter into the walt disney world and you have the big uh arch that you drive underneath um but it is expected that all these signs will be expected to be installed over the next year so they're doing a complete overhaul of all the traffic signs yeah i definitely think that's interesting I the first thing I thought of when I saw it was oh they're trying to match that archway yeah the like the main Walt Disney World arch that you drive under and Mm -hmm. it's got like the Mickey and Minnie um and you know that you've entered the Disney bubble and I mean it's very clearly the same color blue I think oh yes it definitely is um you know people are gonna not like change but it's a fresh paint job people didn't like the castle at first either when it turned pink and And now here we are yeah so she's a beaut yeah (laughs) yep so that's a small thing but also might be big to some people um okay remy's ratatouille adventure which is one of the newest rides over at epcot which takes you through um remy from ratatouille his journey through escaping from the kitchen basically on a you're basically shrunk down to the size of a mouse and you get to experience that um from a from his point of view that ride was originally on a virtual queue meaning that you had to sign up for a certain slot and have a park reservation to even have a chance of riding this ride it's very almost exclusive um as of january 10th though that virtual queue has now dissipated and you can now just stand in the standby line if you'd like to i it definitely makes the line long but i think it gives people before i felt like the virtual queue really limited people and made it so you could be going on your singular trip to walt disney world in you know the you know whatever time frame that you typically go if it's Mm -hmm. once per year once every five years once in a lifetime who knows (laughs) and you can't get on this new ride yeah like that's really frustrating so even though it makes the line long for sure i did get virtual queue for remy's last time i was there and i only waited 20 minutes which was nice but now the line is like hour 75 80 minutes um but mm-hmm. it makes it so if that's like your kid or your personal like must do you really want to ride it you can wait in that line and yeah. decide to do it or you can do genie plus yeah or you can buy it <laughs> if disney's like or oh, you can just spend more money thank you for your time yeah so i know that that's kind of a bummer because it did make it like a quick ride whenever you were getting on it but at the same time i think it opens a window of opportunity for everybody to be able to ride it if they want to yeah for sure what else do we have on the list um the guardians of the galaxy ride that's coming to epcot has been doing some really exciting um updates to the exterior i know it's so fun so we finally got it's officially entitled the nova corp star blaster ship so this is this life-size ship that is from guardians of the galaxy Mm -hmm. that kind of mirrors the color scheme and look of the ride vehicles for this ride Um, but they are installing it out front of 
the entryway, which is like you feel like things are coming, like getting finished when yeah. you start seeing stuff like that come in because that's something that um, they, you know, that they would probably wait to bring in last on the outside anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's so, the thing is, is that like from the images that you see, the structure is literally so big that it just towers over the construction walls. Like you, you don't need to look hard to see it. It's literally like it, it's above the construction walls. <laughs> Yeah, you can see the whole thing, and it's like, oh, there's an actual spaceship that just landed in Epcot, and I think that that is certainly going to create some excitement. We know that Guardians of the Galaxy is set to open this summer. The the way that Disney has put it is opening summer 2022. Whether summer 2022 means June or August, we don't know. Yeah. Um, There's a large span of summer months, so (laughs) it's June. Yeah, that would be great. But um, it definitely seems like they're putting finishing touches, so it's it's going to come soon. Oh, yeah. Something else is uh, coming soon in Magic Kingdom, a thing that we both really enjoy. Uh, does that involve a fire-breathing dragon? It does involve a fire-breathing dragon. Oh, my gosh. What could it be? It's the Festival of Fantasy Parade. I This is a big deal. I... People aren't always um, excited about parades, but bringing a full parade back post-COVID is a very big deal. Yes, and it's coming back very soon. It's coming back March 9th. That's literally right around the corner. Less than a month away at this point. Yes, literally less than a month away. Super exciting. Um, We've been seeing these cavalcades, which are these mini parades where you get to see characters here and there. And they're, you know, less planned. They're not at a structured time. They're just kind of, they kind of pop up out of nowhere to provide a little bit of magic here and there. They're awesome. They're really fun. They're brief. They're good for families that, you know, their kids can't sit for long periods of time. Um, but I just, I do think that, like, it's it's time for them to bring back a full parade. I think families are ready for it. Um, and I think they're be able, they'll be able to do it well. They've been able to do the fireworks well with crowds and, um, this is kind of the next step, and it's it's really it's really nice to see like almost just like the healing of things come back to being able to have a parade again. Yeah, I think we've talked about this before a little bit, but if the purpose of having cavalcades is to prevent crowds from gathering, we've certainly already crossed that bridge by oh, bringing back yeah. fireworks shows. The crowds that you see for the fireworks shows are ridiculous, and people are. crowding around even more so than they would for a parade. Yeah, it's definitely time. so, I mean, for them to bring back the fireworks before they bring back the parade, I feel like is a little bit out of order in terms Mm -hmm. of being COVID appropriate, but we are getting the parade back, and it seems like Disney is slowly but surely trying to bring back what we know to be Disney magic when Mm -hmm. you go to the parks. You get the parades, you get the fireworks shows you get the rides you know it it's all we're getting to experiencing all we're getting to experience all the parts that we had taken away by covid so um i think it's exciting we also um this week got a new cavalcade yes um, we did I, I don't know if there's a name for it it's called the disney adventure friends cavalcade okay so. i looked it up 
Very good. Disney Adventure <laughs> Friends Cavalcade. It's got like lots of different characters from Zootopia, Jungle Book, Three Caballeros, Coco, Brave, Moana, and Incredibles. I was particularly impressed and excited for the Miguel. Mm. Um, there's a Miguel from Coco in this cavalcade. I have yet to see him in the parks like yeah. as a character he's obviously a costume character it's not like a face character where it's like the princesses they're like people that dress up like the princesses miguel looks like miguel from the movie yeah um and i just saw his picture when they announced the the cavalcade and i got so excited i love that movie and i think it's a fun way to continue to um have diverse representation of characters um in these parades and things too so um, i'll be hopeful and excited to see that in the future as well yeah i'm excited for that too um there's also a lot of really fun valentine's goodies and different things happening around the park um disney loves to take any type of holiday and just go all out when it comes to merchandise and food and snack items so um there are some fun little like cupcakes and treats and red velvet um what was it what did i see i saw like red velvet waffles i think oh yes yeah those look really good yes yeah they also um the one that i feel like i've seen the most about uh the port orleans riverside resort has kind of recently reopened and um, it's connected to the Port Orleans French Quarter Resort, mm-hmm. which has recently reopened as well. And um, Port Orleans French Quarter is known for having beignets. Mm. And they had these Valentine's beignets that I've seen. I don't know if they're flavored like strawberry or something, um, but they're pink and cute and gives people a reason to want to go out there and buy food and take a picture of it. People will literally just buy the food, just take a picture of it and say, I got the special treat. Or the special ears. They do have a new pair of mini ears that are are pink and have cute little white hearts on them. There's also the new, it's like um, kind of tie-dye, like watercolor, pink, purple, and orange ears with the fluffy bow. They're like both very Valentine's forward um, so ears, far. but always coming out with stuff to uh, have displayed on Instagram for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. All right. So again, with some of the parks news, um, we're going to take it across the ocean real quick to Paris. Paris is actually celebrating their 30th anniversary and they announced their celebration that will begin on March 6th. And um, the fun thing about this celebration for them is that all their characters are getting new costumes. Minnie is even gonna come out with her own pantsuit made by Betsy Johnson. There's a little there's a little bit of controversy with that. There was. But I think she's gonna rock it. I pantsuits are in. They're totally in. Yeah. I think also, that I mean, Paris is like a fa- like one of the fashion capitals yeah. of the world. So I would wear what she's yeah. wearing. It looks, it looks so cute. It's they like blue and it. it has like white little emblems on it. It's really cute. They, uh, oh gosh, shop right, they should sell. Yeah. <gasps> they, they should definitely replicate it. People would wear that. A yeah, pantsuit phenomenon. We're all going to look like Minnie Mouse. Love it. So all their characters are getting new costumes. They are going to also have the Gardens of Wonder, which will include 30 unique sculptures of Disney princesses and villains. And some of the concept art for this is mind blowing it looks so beautiful it looks like a combination of like the 50th statues and like the topiaries that you see at the flower and garden festival like it's almost like a combo of both and i'm just like 
those are gonna be awesome they're gonna get their own like fab 50 but it's gonna be 30 of them i feel like paris is just fancy oh it's gonna be bougie that's yeah what it's gonna be yeah so i can't wait to see all that stuff come out um then the one last thing that they're doing for their 30th anniversary is they're doing a thing called disney d light um and it's a way to light up the sleeping beauty castle before the nighttime show so it's like a form of projection mapping on their castle with also some like lasers and different lights and from what i saw from that concept art it looks similar to what they do with the um with cinderella's castle at walt disney world but i'm also interested to see like what the content looks for that so yeah they have a very different shaped castle i feel like we've seen versions on cinderella castle sleeping beauty castle um we get to watch like all of the specials that disney puts on abc Mm -hmm. and so even though i haven't been to california i get to see um what that looks like and i haven't seen anything like this on the paris castle so it's gonna be fun to see what they came up with and how the people who work for this particular international park international to us um (laughs) how they use their creativity to do something similar but unique um for the 30th anniversary of this park yeah i think it's gonna be awesome all right let's throw it back to florida for two more things what you got um well for all you star wars fans the galactic star cruiser which is the new star wars i don't even want to call it a resort like it's like an immersive two-day experience it's like it's a immersive hotel resort I, ship. I keep comparing it to like a cruise ship. Like you get on, you have the experience and it's completely like separate from like if you go to a regular Disney mm-hmm. resort, like you go there, you sleep there and then you go into the parks. Mm-hmm. Like, no, this is like you go there, you stay there, you don't leave unless you go into Batu and Hollywood Studios. But then you go back on your ship like they really want you to feel like you're yeah. on a different planet. And experiencing like life as a Star Wars character, and um, this experience is launching on March first. Yep, I am dying to see the reviews that people are gonna put out. People are talking yeah. about how ridiculous the pricing is, and it's like, like fifty three hundred dollars for a family for two days, like for a family of four. For two days. Oh, for two people, it's literally like $4,000. Yeah, um, it's just like... It's just it, ridiculous. Oh, wait. I'm, I messed that up. It's $6,000 for a family of yeah. four for two days. Yeah. So, Which is a, I'm like, I just... I think about Rise of the Resistance and how well they did that. And I'm like, maybe the money is... Like, they really do a phenomenal job. But I want to see the reviews. I want to see what people think. I wonder if they'll allow people to record while they're in there. Like, I don't know. Is that going to be something that's limited? Is that like Star Wars people don't have cameras? Put it away. Like, I don't know if they'll be like that, but I don't know if they'll take it that far. Maybe, maybe that would be. I feel like that would be really cool because it would feel way more immersive. But also, like, I want to know. Yeah, I think that would like push people to want to do it even more if the content's not out there because. There are sometimes that like people just say, "Oh, I kind of saw what that was like on that one video," and yeah, then they feel like they got to they got to know everything they wanted to know without experiencing it. So I don't know. I'm curious to see if they'll allow people to maybe like opening day just like record walking through it, but I don't know if people will record their whole experiences or not. 
I guess we'll find out March 1st. Yeah. <laughs> Literally right around the corner. So like oh, I, two and a half weeks away. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. Okay, one more thing for our parks news. Um, Disney, uh, sorry, Genie Plus has been out for a little bit now. It's been out since October. Um, and Bob Chapek, who is the CEO of the Walt Disney Company, actually reported recently that up to 50% of guests are currently using Genie Plus and that they were pretty satisfied with that. those numbers as for you know quite soon after launch obviously they want to see 100 percent of guests using genie plus they want to be able to bring in that money and create different experiences for the um for the guests but 50 percent of guests using it you know after a couple of months i think that's pretty impressive yeah if you think about comparing it to fast pass plus which is what preceded genie plus 100 percent of guests were certainly using fast pass plus yeah i mean it was free so of course they would be using it but the idea is i think originally in my head i was like geez if 50 percent of guests are using genie plus like how do you even get reservations for a ride like so many people are using it but previously everyone was using FastPass plus and you were still able to yeah. to get rides i think the biggest difference is the amount of rides that you could book at a time with exactly. FastPass. Um, so it's still a little bit of a learning curve. I think as people get more familiar and comfortable with it, it'll be... It'll increase. Yeah, it'll be more appealing to people. Right now, it's intimidating to be like, I'm going to spend $15 per person in my party, and I don't even know how to use this. And then it feels like a waste of money. So yeah, I think it'll continue to increase as people figure it out and more people put out resources or videos on how to prepare to use it. Um, I was just today talking to somebody about, okay, well, if I am trying to get Slinky Dog at 7 a.m. and then, like, I can book something at 9 a.m., like, what if my Slinky Dog is at 1230? Like, there's just a lot of questions that people still have um, to navigate when they're using it. FastPass was around for so long that people... Like, there are so many resources and ways for people to mm-hmm. learn, or travel agents could easily explain it to people who are using them. Um, now, Genie Plus takes a little bit more research and might add a little bit of stress to your trip if you feel like you spend a bunch of money and you're not getting your money's worth out of it. So, I definitely think it's interesting that um, already, like, already for $15 per person per day, 50% of people that are showing up to the parks are using it. I mean, that's yeah. a lot of income. It definitely is a lot of income. Well, thanks for hanging out with us on the parks news side of things. We are now going to shift gears and go into our movie section. We have had a lot of fun uh, movie news and just stuff happening in the last couple of months. So, Kate, why don't you kick us off with what we've got in our movie category? Okay, well, I'm going to start by just revisiting the movies that have come out since our last Disney breakdown. Um, previously, we talked about a lot of these and the hype and excitement around um, these movies that have now been released, and just kind of want to go back and revisit were they a success, were they a flop, and what does this mean for Disney? Yeah. So, first up, without surprise, we're going to talk about Encanto. Mm-hmm. This movie has taken the world by storm, literally. Like, I don't think that's an exaggeration. <laughs> It was released in movie theaters in November, and then it was finally released on Disney Plus the day um, after Christmas Eve, or it was on Christmas Eve or Christmas, I can't remember, December 24th, 25th, 
somewhere around mm-hmm. Christmas time so that people who are at home with families could purchase this movie and watch it, which I think is a smart move on Disney's yeah, part. Yeah, definitely smart. The original release in the theaters, I heard nothing about this movie. I heard it was decent. It was like on par with Disney, what they'd been doing for mm-hmm. other movies. The music was good, um, but I knew absolutely nothing about it until it was released on Disney+. Plus. And I can't remember the statistic, um, but I was reading this article that was reviewing how it was one of the biggest spikes in like viewership between what it got in the box office and then when it was released on Disney Plus. Like this, wow. the like peak from how many people went to see it in the theaters and then how many people watched it at home. Like the number of people that watched it was like maybe even billions like I don't Um, anyway it's just the the stats on this movie are insane and it's kind of interesting to me because I watched the movie I thought the music was really good mm -hmm. but overall I was like god I feel like they missed an opportunity to have a really like touching story and the depth of what the story was about was kind of missed. I know there's been a lot of people that put stuff out and I've watched it and been like, okay, I kind of like, I kind of get it. But the first time I watched it, I felt like they could have, they put so much into the music that it diluted the Mm -hmm. strength of the story. It was my original review. Um, But stats on this movie, Rotten Tomatoes got a 90%, which is very high. Mm -hmm. The audience score for it was a 93%. So not too far off. Um, and for this, um, soundtrack, like, <laughs> it's, soundtrack. it's broken every record that you could possibly think of for animated film soundtracks. So, Court, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes, I can. Well, first off, if you've been on TikTok or Instagram Reels or anything recently, everything is an Encanto song. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's definitely, like, hitting the viral video world for sure um but this is the first time a disney song has topped the billboard charts with a production of 150 million dollars and so far has bought in brought in 234 million dollars like i can't even comprehend that amount of money um it is also the first soundtrack to reach number one since frozen 2 my heart um (laughs) only six animated films have hit number one and only one of those is not disney so that is just wild to think about it has dethroned adele um we don't talk about bruno which is one of the i think it's it's the most popular song on the album is the highest charting disney song in 26 years that's a that's a long-standing drought of yeah like world changing song I mean or culture change like that's what I feel like has happened where this song came out and I'm pretty sure 80% of people that you'd pass on the street if you were like we don't talk about Bruno like they they would would know know. yeah they would know it yeah and so it's just like it's the definition of viral and I think that social media has played a very pivotal role in making this movie go to break all of these records because you hear these songs on TikTok and people are like, what is, like, I hear this everywhere. I see this everywhere on social media. What What the heck is this? And they go find out for themselves. Yeah. Also, I feel like 
it's so much easier now for songs to do so well because music is so accessible. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. we're going to, with this future Disney movies to come, we are going to see songs, really good songs, continue to top the charts because of the of technology and the way that we can access this. But I think also it's still extremely impressive that the song is with the highest charting Disney song in 26 years because it is like it, the music is great. Like Lin-Manuel Miranda has done a f- fantastic job with this soundtrack and, and it, it deserves that type of recognition for sure. But I mean, it's also like the, the internet is doing a lot of that pushing for the company. It's sure. that's what's helping drive those sales. And if this was 1990, that wouldn't be the case. So yeah, I didn't even think about the aspect of like how accessible hearing this like music is now because even if you don't have a subscription to any streaming platform for music there are like between tiktok or (laughs) like you can go on anyone can go on youtube and like listen to these songs and so it's just crazy how whereas you know back then it was like let me go find my cd and go listen to the song (laughs) oh man track number six is scratched (laughs) i can't listen to it anymore like i mean yeah things are very different and this this movie and specifically the soundtrack has just caught fire i mean yeah it's everywhere it's exciting it's exciting for the movie i think it's great um i think it speaks to lin-manuel's ability to write things that stick with people too i mean he's incredible the artistry that he's brought we've talked about this before you know Lin-Manuel's work when you hear Lin-Manuel's work yeah you just know and um I think it's quite impressive that this is his third or fourth Disney movie at this point and it's not getting old it's actually just like growing and getting more popular and better yeah I mean that's I'm excited for all the future um, collaborations that he gets to have with Disney that is just gonna be so awesome um another really big movie they came out. I was really excited about it. No, you were really excited about The whole world has been just buzzing about this movie. Yeah, I mean, I think this is like a two for two, like, hit it out of the park for Disney to have both of these movies released back to back. What are we talking about? We're talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. So this is an interesting one because it's in collaboration with Sony and there's a little bit of a, like, ownership Mm-hmm. Thing between Disney and Sony on who actually owns Spider-Man because Disney owns Marvel but Sony owns Spider-Man and it's... they finally came to an agreement to be able to produce these this trilogy of movies um, and Spider-Man No Way Home is the final movie in the first trilogy for Spider-Man Tom Holland's version mm-hmm. um, and again Rotten Tomatoes, 93%. Audience score, 98%. This <laughs> wild. Like, people were falling out of their seats for this movie. And I, I, we both saw it. It was very good. And there were some... For those who haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil it, but I'm sure there are plenty of spoilers out there. Um, but the way that they bring together um, the history of Spider-Man in film, I think is like truly what made this movie what it was for people it's a huge sense of nostalgia and also like just so much excitement for the future of spider-man yeah it's just it's i i want to go watch it again right now (laughs) yeah no i 
I don't know that it'll be on Disney Plus because of these agreements. So if there's a way for you to go see it, go see it. But it is. Or buy it. Yeah, just buy it. Just buy <laughs> Honestly, it. Honestly, so get the it. digital download, buy the Blu ray, DVD, whatever you need to do. Get yourself a copy of Spider Man No Way Home because it's just so good. Yeah, it, it's also uh, very sad, but very good that I love these stats. I always think it's super interesting to assess movies from a business perspective. Mm -hmm. And this movie had a budget of $200 million. That's a big budget. (laughs) That's That's, crazy. That's a big budget. But what you're looking for in the film industry is to have numbers come in from the box office that surpass your budget so you make profit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The number that this movie brought in 1.7 1.7 billion dollars. Yeah, that's they box def- office. They that's definitely... box office only. They, this hasn't been released anywhere but the box office. Only people going to the theaters and seeing this movie brought in 1.7 billion dollars. That's What's the price of an average movie ticket. Twa- 12 dollars. Yeah, okay. 12 dollars. I'm gonna do the math. And my phone doesn't even go to a billion. The calculator doesn't even go that high. Oh yeah, yeah. You like can't you literally do it on can't even. You can't even do it. I was trying to figure out exactly how many like how many people how many tickets would have been sold on average for that much of a, that of that much income. That's it's crazy. Yeah, and you know that people went and saw it. I mean, I I talked to people who were like, yeah, I've seen it three times already in the theaters. Like, people just went gaga over. I think they. I think people love Tom Holland as Spider Man, but. The way that, well, we're just gonna go ahead and spoil it. If you don't, if you haven't seen Spider-Man: No Way Home, please skip forward if you don't want to know what all the hype is about. Um, so before Tom Holland as Spider-Man, we had two other versions of Spider-Man. Hmm. We had Andrew Garfield. We had Andrew we had Garfield, and before that, Toby Maguire. We had Toby Maguire, and they had their own versions of Spider-Man movies that were fairly popular. Like they were. I saw the Tobey Maguire. I remember the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, seeing them in theaters, mm-hmm. and like that being a pretty exciting thing to be a part of. So, for the concept of this film, Tom Holland Spider-Man and Doctor Strange trying to reverse the reality that they sit in, open up portals to other universes, and so. The idea of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness starting to be tapped into a little bit here. That'll be a movie that comes out in the future. But um, the Spider-Mans, if you've seen, um, what's the animated Spider-Man movie that was so popular? Into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse. It's literally Into the Spider-Verse, but with real people and who the actors that we know as Spider-Man. Um so all all three Spider-Men that we know of, Tobey Maguire, and their villains, yeah, and all their villains, the original actors too, which I think is incredible. The budget for this film was probably paying the actors to come back and do this movie, um, but all of the original actors were a part of this film and made it just jaw-dropping. To like, I don't think everyone that loves spider-man ever thought the concept of all of them reuniting in this way would ever be possible would be possible or an option or even an idea for a film so um it really was like 
it's just wild. It was crazy. You have and to see it. Yeah, you have to see it. Um, it's definitely, even without it, you know, for what it is as just a crazy concept of actors from different versions of this universe coming together, um, the, the storyline in the film itself is really good as well. Yeah. Oof, man. We, we could just end the episode there. I mean, that... Spider-Man. So good. <laughs> okay. All right. A couple let's, other things. Yeah. Let's rapid fire the movies coming out, their dates, and yes. move forward from movies. Okay. For sure. Okay. Movies coming up. We've got Turning Red. It's a new Pixar movie. It's about um, basically a kid turning into a red panda in the form of when his emotions like change. It's almost like Hulk, but as a kid. I'm not really sure where they're going with this concept, but interested to see it. Turning Red, March 11th. Then we've got Two Brother Dozen remake. That's coming out very soon as well. Not sure the date on that one. We'll let you know. Uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We just touched on this earlier. May 6th. Lightyear, June 17th. There is a new trailer for this. It's all about Buzz Lightyear and his like origin story. Super exciting. Um, and then we also have Thor, Love and Thunder which will be July 8th. So we really have a, like a bunch of really fun movies to look forward to in the next couple of months. And I'm sure in our next Disney breakdown, we will be giving you way more details on these upcoming films. Yeah, the only thing that I uh, think is interesting, this upcoming Pixar film, which is the next one up, March 11th, Turning Red, is only coming out on Disney+. Plus. So for hmm. a Pixar film, and I think this has to do with with Encanto and maybe it's success on Disney Plus and failure in the movie theater. Like it wasn't that it was a failure, but the difference between the two of going to see it in theaters mm-hmm. and it being a very like obvious children forward like audience that they're targeting um, because this is animated and probably targeting children and maybe families aren't ready to go back into the theaters yet. Um, I think it's a strategic move that Pixar. And, and Disney are, are only wanting to release this one on Disney Plus. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. We will see. But that's our movies for you. We're going to move on to, to TV and Disney Plus. Okay, so for TV and Disney Plus, I'm just going to rapid fire the ones that we're not probably going to spend a lot of time okay. talking about. Sure. So we have um, a couple of things that are coming. And then a couple things that have come out since um, our last season. So the first thing that I want to touch on um, is Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Um, Hawkeye came out in December. I thought I was honestly impressed with it. Yeah, it was pretty I, good. I thought it was really good. I really like Haley Steinfeld and her character. Um, and I thought the storyline was kept me interested, kept me intrigued, and I wanted to know what happened next. Yeah. Um, definitely worth watching if you're into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, mm-hmm. in terms of it being on par with WandaVision, Loki, it's more, you know, classic Marvel, like um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes. Um, but definitely, I still think it was worth watching, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um and then some things that are coming out to look forward to. There's going to be a Proud Family reboot on Disney+. Plus. Um, I used to watch Proud Family back in the day. So did And I. I think it'll be interesting to see what they come out with. Um, I think the concept um, of this is um, 
culturally appropriate for the times. Mm. Um, so I think it's a good content to have for the younger generation to um, partake in. If you're not familiar, um, The Proud Family is an African-American family. It's a cartoon um, that aired on the Disney Channel back in the day. And um, they're kind of reviving it and having it have um, a, an import, important messages to get out, I think, um, through this through this cartoon. Yeah. Um, but having it being comical and entertaining at the same time. Um, another thing that is on the um, the list here is an Ice Age movie um, that is going to be a new Ice Age movie. They and always come out with Ice Age movies. There's so many Ice Age movies. <laughs> yeah, they never end. I think the thing that is most interesting about this is this is going to be the first Ice Age movie that is made under Disney since Disney's purchase of 20th Century Fox. Interesting. So the Ice Age franchise is originally a 20th Century Fox um, movie, but Disney acquired that um, for IP and all the stuff that comes with 20th Century Fox, and now they're making a new movie that will be on Disney+. Um, And I'll be curious to see how it keeps trend with old movies now that it's technically you know i don't know yeah, how they're changing change up or... um certain things whether it be like director producer all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but um i thought that was interesting that they're going to release an ice age film yeah um and then uh there is a a series called baymax coming out this I'm summer so excited for which baymax. i'm excited for um we'll be able to give you more details on what that looks like when it gets closer but it is something that's coming and i think baymax is a really really cool character um, yeah so i'm excited to see what they do with that baymax is from the movie big hero 6 and if you haven't seen big hero 6 literally stop this podcast right now and go watch it because it is i feel like it's such an underrated film it's so good it's hilarious and touching i shed a tear and laughed yeah and i think that that's really hard to do in a movie yeah it's such a good film but now baymax gets its own tv show which is going to be so so fun yes i think that'll be really good um and there is something coming out called sneakerella i don't know how i feel about this one. i don't know how i feel about this one either <laughs> but it is a essentially a gender swap cinderella that takes place in new york city where the person that is losing the shoe is a male and it's a sneaker yeah it's a sneaker that's as far as i really know i just feel like the cinderella concept has been redone so many times like there are so many cinderella stories there are so many like i just i I just think it's overdone and i think this is interesting take and i'm not against them doing gender swap and then taking a different approach in that way i think that's definitely like an interesting way to do it but I'm just kind of like, I don't know how excited people are going to be about this because it's it's going to be the same type of storyline, I feel like. Yeah, I think that that's the thing that makes it less exciting is there are probably 15 different versions of Cinderella out there. And a lot of them are Disney already. The thing, I read a post and I totally related to it and understood where they were coming from. And it was basically like if it was if I was back in my like younger 13 year old self and this was coming out as a Disney Channel original movie would I be excited about it probably yes yes true so is it maybe for a different target audience than us particularly maybe Mm -hmm. um who knows how 
successful it will be. Maybe it'll be great. Who knows? But we will certainly give you our thoughts and opinions on it once it comes out. We will find out. It comes out next week. So um, it comes out on February 18th. So it'll be here soon enough. Soon. It will be there. Okay. And then um, the last thing, I already mentioned Hawkeye that we had the series come out, but they're doing a making of Hawkeye that will be released as well. So if you've watched Hawkeye and you're interested in behind the scenes stuff, I love you that could, stuff. You could watch that. But really the highlight of what we want to talk about in this segment of our show is the book of Boba Fett. Yes. Bringing it back to Star Wars because you know what, Star Wars fans, we have just been getting so much fun content recently. I just feel like Star Wars is thriving, and I'm loving it. And Star Wars and Marvel both. Yes, honestly, to be a Star Wars and Marvel fan right now is a time to be alive. I wasn't <laughs> a Star Wars or a Marvel fan until Disney Plus started releasing these shows. Oh, to be, I mean, like, yeah. I like this. I like the new trilogy of Star Wars, and that was really what kickstarted my interest. And I'd seen some Marvel movies, at, like Avengers, um, Infinity War, and Endgame. You know, those kind of piqued my interest. But now that these shows have come out I actually consider myself a fan yeah before I was like oh like I'm kind of interested in this this is pretty good my significant other invested yeah my significant other really likes it so I'll participate and watch but now it's like I think I almost know as much or more yeah because of how much time I've spent like trying to figure all this stuff out yeah so the book of Boba Fett has been um really good I will say I think it had a slow start it, for me, it was hard to get into, and then the storyline started developing, and it was like, okay, I see where this is going. And in the back of my mind, the whole time, I remembered at the end of the Mandalorian season two, the very last thing you see on the screen is the Mandalorian will return in the Book of Boba Fett, and I'm like, so when are we gonna get the Mandalorian? <laughs> like, when is that going to happen? And the episode, uh, well, I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but I mean, you knew he was gonna come back. He comes back. Because they're like, I, I I have credits. That's not the problem. I need muscle. And you're like, who's the muscle? And then you hear the Mandalorian theme song and you're like, what's ah, happening? So, yeah, I was excited when that when it took that shift and they entered the Mandalorian back into the storyline of the Book of Boba Fett. And I was like, okay, now this season is like, it's taken off. This is the thing that I think is most impressive and what captures the audience so well is both for star wars and marvel the way that they tie in these separate storylines the mandalorian was its own thing we weren't thinking about boba fett until the end of mandalorian season two Mm -hmm. we did kind of get a glimpse of boba fett and we were like what and so for (laughs) what's happening for those of you who aren't star wars fans boba fett is a character from some of the original star wars movies Mm. he is known to be this really intense bounty hunter but we really don't know like where he came from what's his story and so that's what this is all about it's like who is boba fett where did he come from and why is he like so revered in Mm -hmm. the world of star wars um and so this gives you a really good understanding of his character where he comes from and um kind of the foundation of his values and why he does bounty hunting the way that he does um i think mandalorian is 
similar, but it was a complete, the Mandalorian. We knew of the Mandalorian as like a people group from Star Wars, but Mm -hmm. his storyline was completely new. Yeah. Um, And so to be able to take that and tie it in um, automatically captures the entire audience of people who are obsessed with Mandalorian because you know that he's showing up in this series. So everyone that was obsessed with Mandalorian is now also going to watch the book of Boba Fett and wait for it to all tie together. I mean, honestly, the way that they incorporated the Mandalorian in the book of Boba Fett, it felt like we were getting like a, a, a mini season three of the Mandalorian. Like it was really awesome the way they tied it in. You also get to see a lot of really amazing characters in this show. Like a lot of the same characters that you saw in the Mandalorian and I will not reveal who is in it but there is one episode where literally every two seconds you're like oh my gosh there's more there's more oh my gosh there's more everywhere I turn there is more of these amazing characters like it just the episode just keeps getting better um and you know when you get to that episode because it is just your jaw is on the floor the whole time 100% agree I don't want to spoil too much because it literally, like, the finale just dropped. So if you haven't caught up yet, if you haven't watched it, go watch it for sure. It's, I agree, it was kind of slow at the beginning, but I still feel in the same way with Hawkeye is worth watching. Um, The storyline's pretty good, and for the peak and the climax at the end of the season, what you get um, is totally, it has the payoff you're looking for. Yeah. Um, For sure. It's also like if you are a fan of the TV shows like Clone Wars and Rebels, you're going to get you're going to see things in the Book of Boba Fett that you're like, oh, my gosh, they just made my cartoon like favorite episodes come to life, like the favorite characters and just like different things. So like there's definitely a lot to look forward to if you are familiar with the TV shows. I am less familiar with them, but my boyfriend is very familiar with them. And when certain characters showed up in the Book of Boba Fett, he was freaking out and I was like who is that (laughs) I was like I don't understand and so it's you you, it's kind of cool how it it, like they're making a lot of these animated characters um into live action yeah I agree and with the book of Boba Fett wrapping up and the finale being out now we have the next Star Wars series I'm so glad you brought this up because I just was finding out about this today What's next? Obi-Wan Kenobi! I think, is the series just called Kenobi? Or I think is, it's... Is it Obi-Wan Kenobi? I think it... I don't know if it's actually just called Kenobi or Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think the... The, the, um, the artwork that I saw today had the whole name in it, I thought. Oh, no. It's, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi. 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 Yeah, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yep. It's they're actually going to air officially on May 25th, which is the anniversary of the first film. I think that's so... I mean, that's that's picture perfect. Yeah, I'm like... At first, I was like, why didn't you want to release it on May 4th? Then I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I understand. Yeah, I think the whole May the 4th be with you and Revenge of the 5th was a fan thing after the release of the movie. <laughs> that would have been cool, though. But, yes, um, I have so many expectations for this next series. We've seen 
absolutely jaw-dropping incredible things in the mandalorian and the book of boba fett and to be honest like i didn't really know what a mandalorian was or really who Mm -hmm. boba fett was aside from what he looked like in his costume before either of these um series on disney plus and i even without having a really good understanding or background on these characters really enjoyed watching both of these so i think obi-wan kenobi is going to be just as good so fun okay that's the wrap-up of our tv let's end it with some rapid fire disney company news what we got on our list really all i have for disney news first of all we'll get this out of the way the stockholders um i forget what the appropriate name is but there's a a vote that happens for disney um leadership that stockholders can just like in the united states presidency you can like vote again um and see how popular they are basically um the stockholder vote for who they if they if they are for or against um bob chapek as ceo of the walt disney company (laughs) is coming up on march 9th and there has been a lot of controversial buzz on the interwebs over a bunch of stockholders or people who aren't and are encouraging stockholders to vote against approving him as CEO of the company. I think this is really hard. I think this is really harsh for people to be so against Bob Chapek. Yes, there's been a lot of change since he's come into play, but he was also given the company during a shutdown. And like, he's had to navigate the financial changes of having all the parks be closed. They lost billions of dollars and from a business perspective he's reviving his business i Mm -hmm. think and so yeah it sucks and i think that there are some things that maybe could have been done differently or maybe done in a stepwise fashion instead of just like immediate change that really financially impacts people's ability to go to disney or impacts their experience while they're at disney um but it makes me kind of sad to like see people so against him when I feel like he was probably given the hardest task of any CEO ever. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm very interested to see how that goes on March 9th. Yeah, I'm sure that there will be plenty of articles or reports on how people voted. Um, But basically what I've seen is people just saying, you know, if you vote against him, it doesn't necessarily mean that he'll immediately be removed. His contract, I believe is through 2023 um so he's ceo for the next year but um people are saying if you vote against him then maybe they'll replace him sooner rather than later all the ceos of disney have lasted several years they've not they've not changed over quickly we'll see how that goes yeah we'll see what happens but i think people need to give him some grace and give him a break a little bit because it really is like i don't know i can't imagine inheriting all of the financial burden and change um so i feel for him (laughs) even though um i really loved uh bob Iger as a ceo and it like kind of sucked that he ended up stepping down like right as the pandemic hit um i i just think that people need to give chapek um 
People are calling him Paycheck. <laughs> Bob, Bob Paycheck. Um, <laughs> but uh, they need to give him an opportunity to prove himself as a CEO. He didn't yeah. get that job overnight, so um, maybe there's time for him to turn it around and show people that he can be the CEO they want him to be, but um, that's tough. Anyway, that is the only like company company related news that mm-hmm. I had. The other news that I have that's I think more company based, it's movie based, but it relates to the success of Disney as a whole and continuing their legacy is Oscar nominations. Yeah, they had 10. That's a good I mean for Disney movies which are predominantly animated or Marvel or Star Wars. <laughs> Um, I think that's really impressive to get 10 nominations. Yeah. What are some of the nominations that they got? Okay. Well, first and foremost, best animated feature, which is like overall animated movie for the year. We have three nominations. That's awesome. There are five nominations total, I think. Three of them are Disney. Um, It's impressive. Yeah. So no surprise, Encanto is in the running for best animated feature. I think it'll win. Because yeah, I think of it will too. its success. Um, Luca, which was Pixar and Disney, it was released in June of last year. I lo- I thought that was a really good movie. Um, it was different, but um, I think worthy of being nominated. And then Raya and the Last Dragon. I was surprised by this one. Yeah, I was surprised seeing that too because Raya was just, I feel like it was just okay. It wasn't anything spectacular. So. But that was, those are the nominees. I mean, three nominees, like you said, that's such an impressive thing for um, for a category. We also have Cruella, which is uh, nominated for Best Costume Design. I think we get a pat on the back for... Um, for our little reviews and our yeah, awards that we gave. because we definitely gave it Best Costume, so I think we have an eye for oh, yeah. fashion. We just want to hey, throw that out there. Uh, hey, Oscars, we are uh, we're ready whenever you need us. Encanto <laughs> <laughs> has been nominated for Best Original Score. Not surprising. So not only is the soundtrack amazing, but the score is amazing too oh um, yeah nominated for an oscar and then this next one i think is really interesting (laughs) so for best original song the song is actually my favorite song from the soundtrack i listen to this song all the time i think it's beautiful i speak spanish and so i understand what it's saying and could understand what it was saying the first time I heard it and it really caught my attention um but it's dos oruguitas which means two cat two little caterpillars Mm -hmm. and um it's a story about transformation from becoming two little caterpillars to becoming butterflies um and it's beautifully written I think it's a beautiful song but I always think it's interesting that like we don't talk about Bruno is not nominated for best original song and that's the song that's literally the most popular song taking over the world right now yeah so i think that that's i i wish i had an insight into why things were nominated if they could give us like a little description i don't know why why certain songs are nominated but um again for for a disney animated film to have a running in um best original song Mm -hmm. which often don't always come from animated films is is impressive I know um, West Side Story and Tick Tick Boom are both musical based um, movies that 
are gonna have nominations in there and those they're like classic Broadway style and so for um, Encanto to have a song in there too is pretty cool um, what do we got next Cruella has uh, is nominated for best makeup and hair obviously I think that's such a great nomination for that and then finally we have another large category um, for best visual effects and we've got Shang-Chi Spider-Man No Way Home and Free Guy um, are all nominated for this category. Yeah, Free Guy is one of those like Disney acquired properties. Uh-huh. That, it's not like Disney Disney, but it does fall under Disney because of who owns the the rights also, to it. Great film. Yeah, also great film. Um, do you have like if you had to pick between the three, which would you pick for best visual effects? Honestly, I mean, I feel like I have to pick Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man should. I, I, if Spider-Man doesn't win, I'll be really upset. <laughs> I mean, I think but, Shang-Chi has also really amazing visual effects, but I don't know. Spider-Man just, Spider-Man takes it home. No way I home. I just feel like my jaw was on the floor the whole time I was watching it. And in part because of the visual effects. Well, I think just like any spider-man film has amazing visual effects because of the way that they have to like use cgi when spider-man is like slinging from thing to thing like i just feel like that within itself for all the movies going back to the very first toby mcguire ones like even the visual effects in that movie which were for for that time and that age like was a lot of work I mean, it's just impressive so yeah i i would love for that one to win but we shall see <laughs> wow that was a lot of disney news there's always so much. Like I said, it's like every month you've got a laundry list of yeah. new items to review. So thanks for they, hanging. Yeah, thanks for hanging in there with us. Yeah, I know it's always a lot to listen to, but you will never leave this uninformed. Yeah, you are not educated about all things Disney. And next time we will catch you up on all the things that have happened since this episode. So thanks for spending time with us, listening to all the Disney news, and we hope to catch you next time. Small shop shout out. We are back again. And let me tell you, there's never a shortage of small shops to shout out. There is not. There are so many talented individuals out there who have started their own small businesses in the Disney realm. And so we are more than happy to help shout them out, support their businesses, and just, I don't know, bring some light to their to their world, to their growing business. Yeah, so... This week, we are shouting out Adelaide's Fort. So this is a new find for me. Okay. Uh, I, and it's it's 100% my vibe. I have never found a park apparel shirt that is, like, I see it and I'm like, I would, I wear these shirts on a regular basis. They're not Disney, but they are very cool, very well-designed park shirts that are like worn as oversized shirts okay so they're meant to like be bigger be like kind of surfer skater vibe maybe i don't know maybe i'm making that up but um the designs on these shirts are i think they're so cool um they're 
going to have a Valentine's drop on on February 14th on Valentine's Day. And um, the design for the Valentine's drop, it says, um, I think it says like parks are for lovers or something like that. And it's two skeletons like hugging, wearing Mickey ears. <laughs> I like, I don't know. It just feels very like skater meets Disney. And I really love it. Um, they have a couple of other designs that um, I love the fonts. They have some really cool new designs that were released when um, Avengers Campus opened that Ooh, have cool. um, like Loki or Spider-Man themed um, designs. And then ones that just say um, like find me at the parks or <laughs> park magic and really I love that. cool font. Um, but they're always worn as like the... Um, oversized style which I really like so I just wanted to shout out Adelaide's Fort because I recently found this and I feel like I want to buy everything so thank you for what you do you're amazing at it you can find them at Adelaide's Fort on Instagram that's spelled A-D-E-L-A-I-D-E-S-F-O-R-T Trip tips. Trip tips. Yeah, we got a new segment for you guys, and it is all about the tips that you need to know for your next Disney trip. There are too many to ever cover, but we'll do our best to give you our top and most important tips to make your Disney trip the most successful, stress-free, efficient time. Yeah, magical is probably the best description. Yeah, magical time. So each week we will just pick a different tip and share that with you. And honestly, we'd love to hear your tips. If you have tips about your Disney trips. Wow, that sounds so fun to say. <laughs> you let us know. You yeah, let maybe, us know on Instagram. Maybe for our later episodes in this season, we'll share listener tips. Yes. So send them in so we can shout you out. Because and... maybe we'll learn something from you. And you can we can share it with everybody. So... Our trip tip for today is to pack lunches to save money in the parks because you can actually bring food into the parks. At a lot of theme parks, you actually have to leave like a cooler outside in the parking lot or in like a cooler like locker space. At Disney, you can actually bring food items into the park, which is huge. I think that's awesome that they provide that, especially because a lot of people have allergies and different dietary needs. Um, But a big tip that I've learned over the years is to bring in like a peanut butter jelly sandwich, um, snacks, like whatever you have and fill in between meals with that type of stuff because you end up saving money by not needing to actually buy an additional meal when you're in the parks. I mean, I've even, I've traveled with literally like a loaf of bread in my suitcase, (laughs) like a plastic knife and a jar of peanut butter and jelly. I'm literally not kidding. Like it's doable. It's possible. And I've saved myself so much money because of it. You can also have um, food delivered to, like yes. you can order groceries and have it delivered to where you're staying. So you don't have to pack it if you yeah, don't have room. You don't have to be weird like me. But if you want to be, you can't. Yeah. I mean, it's always good to be prepared. I've known people to have sandwich stuff, water bottles, snacks granola bars all that fruit all that good stuff delivered to where they're staying and then just put it in a bag and carry it in i think this is extremely beneficial for people who have little ones 
you can pack something familiar to them and they can eat it and not make you spend an ungodly amount of money on food they're not interested in. So we have a surprise for you guys. Um, we did have a delay with the release of our season three premiere. And so what we are actually doing is we are doing a double release this week. Um, we're giving you two episodes. We're giving you this one, which is Disney Breakdown, as well as Where Were We Then, which is where we take a year in Disney history and we break down what was happening during that time and what our experiences were for that year. And so, um, this week you'll get both episodes and for this new episode it'll be for the year 2019 which was pre-covid times right before that pandemic hit and kind of really a prime year for the disney company so we're excited that we get to give you two episodes this week definitely listen to both and give us some love i can't wait for you guys to have more of us in a single week oh yeah Thank you so much for being understanding and um, allowing us to have a little extra time to get these episodes out to you, Um, but we hope you enjoy them, and I think there's something we need to tell them. You guys can also follow us on Instagram while you wait for the next episode um, at The Castle Chat, and you can also send us an email, thecastlechat at gmail.com, leave us a review, whatever your heart desires. You can find us on Apple and Spotify podcasts. We're super excited to have you guys as our listeners. So we'll leave you with what we always leave you with, which is there is a great big beautiful tomorrow out there waiting for you. Go make it magical. See you real soon. Bye, guys. Bye.